Hello and welcome back to StoryArk's podcast. I'm Andrew, along here with Gavin, and today we're going to be talking about Superman Red Sun, a miniseries written by Mark Miller, pencilers Dave Johnson, Andrew Robinson, Walden Wong, Gillian Plunkett, uh, one, just one letter, Ken Lopez, and colorist Paul Mount. Um, let me first start by saying uh, some apologies for our... We had a little bit of inconsistency, I feel like, uh, in our recording schedule lately with holidays and everything. So apologies if uh, anybody's been been waiting on that. I don't think they have, uh, but apologies nonetheless. And uh, Merry Christmas in a couple weeks. So first off, we'll just start with a brief summary of Red Sun. It is an Elseworlds title, and essentially... Superman ends up landing in the Ukraine instead of Kansas and becomes a part of the USSR and ends up narrating a full story that spans about 50 years of his successes and tribulations um, as he essentially goes from being a superhero to the leader of a full country and the intricacies kind of of the com- communism and everything else that kind of went into the Cold War and just what the Cold War would look like if Superman was on the USSR's side. Um, and it ends uh, neatly in a way that I believe kind of makes it hard for, for that character to, to appear kind of in like other multiverse stuff very often, although I haven't really done the research on if he's ever appeared in any of the uh, crossover multiverse things I, I wouldn't be surprised it's a pretty popular series so uh anything to add there game um no yeah i think you you got it it's uh yeah different background maybe than uh we're used to yeah it's not quite a uh you know maybe what if uh dimension or whatever but it is is something that's like um not not in the normal i guess storyline that you yeah that we would all be familiar with you know just having the the ussr in the main uh like forefront it's something that's always been like scarier to the whole american uh you know kind of scheme coming from yeah the cold war era um so yeah it's definitely cool yeah it's an story. interesting uh examination a little bit of that because you know, in superhero titles, you know, most characters are U.S. based. Um, I'm not super familiar with DC. I know that they have a full-on Russian superhero team in the Marvel comics. Uh, that's interesting and shows up a few times in the Winter Guard. Uh, and, of course, there's the, the recent movie with Black Widow where they spend a lot of time uh, kind of examining the politics of the former Soviet Union and their superheroes uh, in that movie recently. And uh, just... Just in case anybody is curious, uh, generally in Marvel, they have the What If stories. They have that series that ran for a long time. Uh, a lot of the DC-style DC, uh, stories are part of their Elseworlds imprint, which is a little bit different than the What If, as they're mostly self-contained stories that are usually more mini-series, but it's kind of, you know, it's varied over the years. Um, and yeah, so let's uh, let's get into the details here uh overall likes and dislikes for me you know i the thing that 
I always take away from Red Sun. I've read it a few different times. It's it's very detailed. It's self-contained, and it's it's worth a re- reread or two. You know, there's things that I picked up in this probably my third or fourth uh, time reading that I didn't pick up the first couple times. Uh, and you know, there's not a lot to dislike in my opinion. I think it's a really solid story. Uh, but for me, I did feel that the the female characters lacked a little bit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Wonder Woman kind of just pining after Superman who can't be bothered to even really think much about that kind of stuff. And uh, Lois Lane and Lex Luthor kind of have a on-again, off-again relationship. It's a little weird, but it, there's just not much focus on, on female characters. Um, and, you know, I think it's, you know, it's meant to be a Superman story, so that makes makes some sense, but I, I feel like it's even less than kind of normal or what we're used to seeing in, in today's comics. For sure. I guess I'll say, um, yeah, some of the things that I know I, I liked, uh, somewhat like other stories, um, I guess you do have, uh, well, yeah, Lex Luthor as a main, you know, main character here. Uh, I, you know, only know him from the comics growing up. And again, he's a he's a good a good character to have, you know, opposite the the main hero. I feel like just like Kingpin was in some other stories. He's, um, you know, pretty conniving. He's good at g- getting, you know, directly to what he wants to do without a lot of. Um, you know, maybe uh, just play whatever bad guys do in general. They, uh, you know, sometimes like to play with their food or whatever you might call it. So uh, I think Lex Luthor in here is just portrayed as a, he has a plan, um, you know, from, from start to finish and maybe doesn't even reveal that plan as much to the, the, the reader, you know, which is good, but just knowing that he, um, yeah, just that he is that conniving kind of uh has a good scheme he, in the back of, in the background that that's what i really liked about it yeah and i, th- I think he also it's it's interesting the way that he kind of hides it then behind you know he, he becomes president at one point like it's it's for the for his people for the the country but I, they pointed they point out at a lot of points like how bad america is struggling compared to the countries that have joined up with the ussr and superman um this seems like you know that kind of political along with the classic super villainy uh which you know leads me to my my cultural significance part here Uh, i think the cultural significance is obvious it's a analysis a little bit of the cold war analysis kind of of a lot of these political ideas and you know how how far do you go to defeat your enemies versus what do you do to consider your your people um and i think superman and and lex both struggle a bit with that and then you also get to see a little bit more of the uh you know a lot of times politicians are kind of like superheroes in the way that they're they're larger in life and they don't you know you don't think about like what happens in their day-to-day everyday stuff right um yeah and so yeah, you get to see a little bit of like all the things that Superman struggles to just deal with in his in his own mind uh, in this position of power. For sure, and and yeah, those characters I feel like that maybe the reader doesn't think should have 
a whole lot of problems with all their power, um, you know, and influence, both Superman and, and Lex. But, yeah, is it like, did, is that even what they were really caring about, like taking care of their, you know, their people in particular? You know, I think it's revealed that uh, Luther, not so much maybe as Superman as he's, you know, maybe somewhat created to do that. Um, but yeah, um, I think like you said, the cultural significance just definitely aimed at that, uh, yeah, that kind of fear that, that exists when, when there's so much power being flexed around, um, at the very top, um, yeah, of the government, you know, whoever's heading everything. So, so yeah, you, you feel that. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, this also leads to, you know, the kind of through our lens section. I, you know, it's an, there's an analysis of American politics in here. Um, there's also this, this idea that utopia is almost impossible, right? That it's, it's almost impossible to obtain utopia. You know, you're always putting it on someone else. You always have to make concessions. You always have to essentially put people in a, in a spot where they're going to be harmed, right. That in order for other people to, to thrive. So just that, that idea seems very prevalent in here. Like, I think you see, you would think, well, if you Superman's in charge and he's all powerful and nigh omnipotent and all this stuff, like what could go wrong? Well, it, it, it examines a lot of <laughs> what could go wrong yeah. and a lot of what could go wrong on, on both sides. You know, um, it's kind of hard to say who's really the the protagonist of this book. You know, it's it's Superman, but he's not always making what I think we would call good decisions. Um, and it's not always his fault. That's the thing. Like he's trying he's trying to do the right thing, but he's just not sure how to do all of the right things at once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you have anything? Uh, different kind of in, in your lens and anything that you've viewed differently uh um yeah not that i can can think of top of my head i think we covered covered them yeah I, you know we talked a little bit about there's not a lot of analysis of uh women in here I, I think there's not a lot of analysis of kind of any marginalized groups uh in this in this story but again it's a fairly short story there's not a lot of time to analyze everything but i i think they generally kind of talk about everything as a whole um and there's there's also the implication here too is that with superman being in the ussr it maybe causes some delays and some changes as to like superheroes from other places so there's not there's just not really superheroes that pop up in america in this story um and you know he could we could debate whether that makes Perfect sense, but I think it works really well for the story. Again, it's a very good story. Um, connections to classic lit and to other media, you know, again, it's Cold War. So if you're a big fan of kind of the dystopian novels, uh, 1984, of course, plays in a key role here. This would be a good story for you. Honestly, I think this is a good story for most people. Um, it's one that I think you can come in with a basic knowledge of Superman. And be like, oh, well, this is a really interesting examination of what would happen. You know, you don't need to know 30, 40, 50, 60, how, 80 years of Superman uh, chronology to understand what's going on here. Like, 
You just need to know Superman usually lands in Kansas. He's usually the the American hero, right? Uh, that's that's pretty much a good place to start, and you yeah. can understand what's going on here. Um, yeah, is there any other connections that you you thought of again? Um, yeah, I don't think so. Not uh, yeah, connections to to any literature through my lens. I think I think we had got got through those. Well, uh, you know, good good transition here to what the hell, uh, for at least for my answer. Um, so my what the hell moment was the Superman robots, which are kind of an interesting thing. Superman robots are a thing in regular comics, but they're not anywhere close to what these are. These are essentially lobotomized people um, with Brainiac-type control devices on their, on their heads. Um, and again, that very much connects directly to dystopian novels and 1984 type stuff and in particular um you know big big brother all that like superman is is the epitome of big brother especially then when brainiac comes in and you know he's got all this extra technology and monitoring and you know it's pretty much a, a utopian state for some and a dystopian state for anybody that doesn't agree with it um and that's that's where most of these novels end up, right? So that was, uh, that was my what the hell moment, Gavin. Um, I think you had a little bit different one, uh, although we we talked earlier about kind of just in depth more about how dumb those or how how awful the Superman robots are. I guess not dumb, but just yeah, kind of right. horrific. Uh, yes. Not something that you even were, I, I think you were ready for as a reader. Like, yeah, yeah. the Superman had crossed that line for sure, and. For sure. Yeah, mine, I guess, went into the kind of Batman arc that came into the story um, because he is, of course, well, living in the, the Russia side of things um, and kind of starting a, a bit of a rebellion, you know, under this Superman rule. And basically in one of his uh, kind of final battles with Superman, he's uh, kind of goes martyr mode and you know explodes himself but it's really not not shown to do any kind of real damage to superman like you know i don't know if he was even trying to to kill him or anything but he also just has a uh kind of plot reveal as he's going out as to you know who had betrayed him uh you know from his own government government side um a character you know piotr we've well we'll talk about uh that was a you know bigger part of this story but but yeah i guess the the whole martyr side just doesn't make him seem seem very powerful because it doesn't doesn't really you know have any kind of real impact um right this is you know this is not the classic batman you know it's it's not super explored you know as to how he goes you know i don't think he's supposed to technically be like bruce wayne per se but he's you know martyred early on in his life by Piotr Rosloff and um, Rosloff, I think I hope I said that right. Um, my, my Russian is non-existent. So uh, yeah, and it's just, you know, I think there's some, there's some impact to it, but it's like, I honestly, I feel like he makes most of his impact in that scene before he blows himself up. Like, I, I, I don't know that he had another option at that point, but right. yeah, the... Right. You're gonna blow yourself up maybe you should have 
yeah, used some some kryptonite shrapnel or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know necessarily how he could have done better, but it was yeah. It was like almost beat him, and then yeah, it just went over the top and didn't do didn't do anything at all. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, the point. yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, that bring, brings us over to the awards now. So who is your best character, Gavin? All right. Best character had to, of course, give it to our, our main bald man here, uh, Lex Luthor. He is again, um, just the, the guy get, getting stuff done. Um, you know what I mean? And even start to finish in the story, I guess other other characters, you know, have their their rises and their falls. Um, but I guess his his really has a you know calculation to it, kind of all throughout. And it's you you don't don't see it coming. I guess I'll say with uh, you know what he's plotting. So that just definitely makes him a a better character for me overall. You know, in the story where there aren't. A whole lot of uh you know memorable ones or ones making great decisions you know what i mean so so yeah that was for me i know you might have had some different different reasons yeah uh yeah so lex was my my best character um and again we if you're not familiar with podcast we usually say best written or you know best that we liked it's a little bit open to interpretation um generally best written though and i think best written was definitely Lex, uh, he's got some real complexities. Um, he is very smart. He's essentially the, you know, he's essentially the smartest man in the world when he's doing things on his own and doing things for other reasons. But then when he comes into, when anything comes up with Superman, he just he makes bad decisions, um, and he gets prideful in all of those instances, uh, right up until really about the the last the last thing that he does. So. Um, it's a really kind of an interesting character study. Uh, and then for me, I think worst character, uh, it's important to kind of mention that Piotr Rosloff that we referred to earlier, he's not poorly written, but he's the easily the most hateable. Um, he seems to just kind of change sides for his own purposes all the time. He, you know, Superman saves him from committing suicide early on in the the book and then he kind of hates superman for that in a lot of ways um kgb guy and and he and lex collaborate at times and try to bring down superman and and Rossloff really is just not helpful <laughs> and to, to anybody in a very good way like he's he's just jealous and and not not very helpful um kind of sucks and I, I believe he is based somewhat on, off of a uh, character in Superman comics, um, but not one that most people I think would would pick up on uh, there. So, who's who's your worst character again? Gotcha. And yeah. mine, I went ahead with, with something you've talked about before. Some of the well, female characters in here are just a bit lackluster. Um, I'll bring up. You know, Wonder Woman, there's no real, you know, kind of love story going on. She's in there early, kind of, I think, before, you know, or as Superman's kind of rising to power. Um, but then kind of once he's, you know, there in power, it's just, uh, 
seems like someone reaches out to them kind of like oh you know we need to stop him he's getting you know maybe too too strong doesn't have the right objectives and they're just like yeah okay you know we'll help we'll help you stop him there's really there wasn't any loyalty you know kind of there going back there's no you know reason for her to maybe be on his side or anything so it just yeah again felt like it was an afterthought maybe and those characters just didn't have a lot of uh you know wherewithal of their own yeah she just like she just has this like crush and he doesn't return it because he's so focused on being who he is and then she just is like well yeah he's too powerful now and and he wouldn't return my love it's yeah this is not you know mark mark Mills are a pretty solid author but uh yeah that's just not a real well-written female character um you know i I'll, I'll give little concessions of some some of these characters are hard to flesh out in three issues, but yeah, it's feels like you could have done uh, done better there. Um, and I'll get into more of that during during the dumbest decision. So, what was your what was your wow moment, Gavin? All right, my wow moment for for this, I think I was saying the. Uh, one of the moments with, uh, you know, that character, uh, Piotr, kind of, you know, they do need to create some, I think, background when he's, uh, you know, had met Batman earlier. Or he, he is the one who classically, uh, you know, takes his parents' lives. And I was just seeing on his uh, kind of way out of that scene, um, you know, for Batman to be further scarred, he's just kind of, you know, scaring, scaring the kid, um, gives him a little, a little grazing shot over his shoulder. And it's just, uh, you know, with so many stormtroopers or whatever in shows, like how, how can you be so sure you were just gonna, gonna scare the kid like that? You know, it was a little, I guess, of you know, so maybe, maybe very classic for a comic or something, you know what I mean? I can have that bit yeah, of disbelief, but, but um, but yeah, it's pretty intense to <laughs> to go at a kid, a kid like that with a nine millimeter, you know, whatever he had, just to, just to kind of scare him. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little, probably one of the rougher moments of the of the comic. You know, one of the it's a it's a comic that deals with a lot of issues with a lot of complex issues. But it's yeah, that's probably the one that's like oof, you know. And of course, Batman's Batman's origin stories are always. Yeah, awful. It's but that was dark. that's worse than like his usual one, you know? It's not I mean being gunned down just for political reasons seems worse, I think, in my mind than uh robbery, but right. I don't know. That's a that's probably an argument we could have for a long time. Um uh, for me, my wild moment, and this is this has stuck with me since the first time I read the comic, is the way that they kind of wrap everything up at the end. Um, because as you as you'll see, it wraps it up in a way, like I mentioned earlier, that it's it just there's no continuation necessarily of the story that you can get into because it it ends up becoming uh, essentially a time loop, um, which is really interesting uh, the, the way they do that. And it's not something that is kind of like teased as you get into it. It just, it kind of comes up and you're like, wow, that was, that was really interesting. Um, and I won't go into all the details of it, but you know, we don't want to get. We we try to skirt the line of spoilers here uh, on Star Arcs podcast because we do want you guys to go out and read these. Um, 
especially non-comics readers and we want you to be interested in what goes on and and for me when it comes to you know a little bit of an aside here when it comes to spoilers and comics i don't mind them as much because i like to see the artistry and, and the authorship and how they get there um so we'll we'll try to keep it yeah kind of in this middle ground of some spoilers but not everything <laughs> um yeah and you know dumbest decision so dumbest decision for me uh you got that lois and wonder woman again we talked a little bit about this they just they keep sticking around with these guys and these guys don't really care um you know i think i think lois and and Lex Luthor are in like a sham marriage kind of for a lot of it. And it's just like, why, why are you, why are you still just letting these guys do all this and just be these idiots and not really, you know, they don't really do anything about it, but they also they hang out essentially. Like they still stick around and, you know, Wonder Woman eventually does do something, but it's a little too late. And again, the motivations at that point are kind of like, you're just kind of mad at him just in some ways. So. Um, did you have a dumbest decision, Gavin? Um, yeah, mine, I had to do with the, the wrap up of the, the story as well. Um, just kind of, I guess the downfall, you know, right. Of, uh, Superman kind of his, his rule over the USSR. I mean, of course he's, he is this, uh, you know, powerful being that, you know, no one, no one can kind of stop. Um, but ultimately it's kind of his, um, emotions, you know, somewhat, I guess, or, you know, Luther further like iterating to him that, that he's just putting, uh, you know, kind of the human race in his little, uh, you know, cage to be played with kind of thing. Um, you know, say it in, in different words, but, but yeah, just, uh, that that's uh, just the guilt of of doing that somewhat or you know putting it all into perspective is kind of what um you know undoes superman here when it's kind of you know some somewhat obvious from the start that yeah yeah you know you're more powerful than everyone that's kind of like you know why he was doing it or he has the power to kind of fix their problems that they were all reaching out to but then yeah um, i think yeah I mean, yeah, I think I think there's a little bit of reference of, to, like, geopolitics and, you know, the Cold War. That, like, Superman spends a lot of the comic kind of trying to win the battle of, what is it, battle of ideas, right? Like, he, he's, mm -hmm. you know, the, oh, well, the U.S., you know, my, my way is correct. I'm, I'm doing the, the correct thing. I'm, I'm doing everything right. I'm not just going to, like, use my power to crush uh, the mm -hmm. United States. Right, the winning, the, trying to win the argument, but then, yeah, then he just he just loses, right? Like he just loses from one one thing that, yeah, I, admittedly, he I feel like he had kind of dealt with the dealt with that a little bit as the story had gone on, For right? Sure. Like he's he struggles with this this idea of what he what is he doing, but then to just give up and like there's still i feel like there was still a lot of good that he could have done you know like it's not that he goes and like decides to work with luther like he yeah it's kind of a sacrificial thing and it's yeah oh yeah just unravels yeah. quickly yeah um 
And yeah, so I think we're here at the kind of the wrap and the ranking. Um, and for me, you know, what I, what I learned and who I recommend this for, we've touched on a little bit. Superman fans, obviously, if you if you like Superman at all, this is a great story. I think it really examines kind of a lot of the classic tropes of Superman and then and sees what, what you do if you turn that a little bit, twist it a little bit. Um, it's one of, one of my favorite self-contained stories. I, I like a lot of the Elseworlds stuff that DC does, and so I, I think it's highly recommended for, for anybody. Uh, that examination of again, kind of politics and utopias and dystopias and what is, where, where's that line um, when you're trying to help everybody. And so if you like those type of stories, I think that's a good, it's a good place to start. Um, Gavin, did you have anything uh, recommendation wise who you would recommend this for? Um, yeah, I mean, who I think it covers a, a wide audience for sure. I mean, yeah, I think you can be a, you know, teenager something enjoying this as well you know obviously well into adulthood like there's less action you know going on i feel like maybe then you know some comics we've covered but i think the yeah the way they're explaining you know the dynamic of the story um you know what's going on just in people's lives they do it pretty well they do it pretty well in explaining you know that cold war kind of era uh you know standoff standoffishness that's kind of happening and just comparing the two uh you know different what do you want to call them you know uh civilizations growing Su up superpowers right yeah, superpowers, yeah right right so the, the the superpowers with superpowers now like yeah yes yeah, so with additional that superpowers it. so that's kind of the examination there um yeah and hey we we did a dc story uh finally we've been trying to get this one done uh I think the other thing we learned is to to keep keep your stuff updated because we tried to do record this episode a lot and things kept coming up uh, <laughs> during it. So I think we'll get better. Uh, apologies if if there was some kind of if there, there were some weak points in this episode, uh, but I really do think this is a good story. Um, for sure. And so for my my review, uh, I end up giving this giving this a. I believe it was a 9.0. Gotcha. Do you want me to go ahead? Because I think, yeah, yeah, for my overall rating, it come in at an uh, 8.5, I think, for me overall. Yeah. So we end up at a 8.75. Um, and I believe that puts it right, right up near the top for our list. And, yeah, right... Right up near the top, right below, uh, God Loves Man Kills, which, again, originally, this uh, this was originally supposed to be recorded before that, so originally this was at the top there for, for a minute, but it uh, looks like right now we've God Loves Man Kills at number one, and yeah, so like and subscribe if you enjoyed the video, if you enjoyed the audio version, um, again, Make sure you subscribe, get notifications, uh, give us a review on, I believe we're working on getting iTunes, Stitcher, uh, I'm not sure all the, I'm not sure all the lists at this point, um, for the audio version, and we will be back next time, and I th think we, we may either cover 
Spider Spider Verse or another DC story. We're we're still a little bit in between with the way the holidays are going. Who knows when we'll we'll get that one in uh done. But see you next time and thank you so much. Yep. Thanks for watching.